Welcome to JD Power's Innovating the Customer Experience podcast. I'm Michael Vermillion with JD Power, and joining me today is Nick Lynch, co-founder and CEO of Kaleidoscope, and Mark Miller from JD Power. Nick and Mark, welcome. Thanks, Hi, Mike. Good to be here. Today, Nick and Mark have joined me to talk about social impact campaigns. Social impact marketing is defined as a strategy where businesses take an active role in the community over and above their core mission as a business. So as we think about social impact marketing, it's brands indicating to the market that they support specific social initiatives. Nick, how should brands be thinking about the way consumers look at them when it comes to social impact? It's a great question, and it's it's sort of an evolving conversation around um, how brands need to position themselves and align themselves with social causes and, and social impact initiatives. I mean, you know, study after study, survey after survey, you know, we're in the high 90s now where consumers are sort of expecting um, their, you know, the products that they buy and, and the brands that they buy um, with need to be good corporate citizens and need to be um, really active and engaged in social impact. So it's extremely important for brands to be involved here, uh, particularly in the younger generations uh, gen- generations and demographics where um, it's almost a requirement now that your brand participates in this. And so, uh, you know, finding ways to communicate how authentically you're participating in, in the social impact space and, and in social impact initiatives is is pretty much paramount with how brands need to be communicating their positioning uh, of their products. Yeah, I was going to ask about the uh, Gen Z and the younger generations. Do do we have a clear understanding of of why uh, social impact is kind of more important to them, more important to them than, um, say, my generation? (laughs) Well, I I mean, I wouldn't say it's it's more important. I mean, I think that, um, you know, Older generations and, and demographics have, have always been conscious and maybe they've prioritized it in different places and different times of their lives. I think that social media generally has just made everything accessible, every feeling and every talking point accessible to everybody now. So maybe noise seems louder than it was before. But I think that there is a general sense from the younger demographics that, you know, they're inheriting, um, whether it be a world or whether it be a country or whether it be um, just a circumstance that is, they feel worse than maybe their parents or some of the older demographics. So when it comes to responsibility of brands and corporations to participate in helping make the change positive or or better, I think it, that's really where the expectation is for many of the younger demographics. Okay, great. Thank you. So, Nick, I, I know that Kaleidoscope has a... Um, a great platform for um, measuring social impact and social impact campaigns. Uh, but I think the other as- aspect of your business is um, helping brands to actually activate the campaigns and specifically activation through influencers. So if you could just maybe start at the beginning with, yeah, what is an influencer? How does an influencer campaign work? And uh, I would like to get to kind of the uh, brand risk associated with using influencers and how brands should be thinking about that? Sure, absolutely. So, you know, we we have been, everything that we have built is, is surrounded and, and sort of built from data. So, you know, when it comes to benchmarking, we've created a, 
a methodology that we call Kaleidoscore, which takes into account all of the various aspects that I mentioned previously. And so that Kaleidoscore influences heavily on how we iterate and improve future influencer campaigns. So let me answer your questions directly. You know, anybody can be an influencer. You know, uh, you, I, you may have um, a following of 100 people on social media, but those 100 people may be your friends, family, um, and colleagues, and maybe you could recommend a book or a movie, and you actually have influence on that community. So influencers can be small, or they can be large, they can be celebrities. So everybody has some type of influence, particularly on social media now. Um, and, and they can all be impactful. And we've used and worked with uh, influencers of all different sizes, um, with different reach reaches in their community, um, when we build and execute influencer campaigns. And, you know, so what we we kind of jokingly have coined over here is, is loves not likes, meaning that, you know, it's really easy to try to find uh, an influencer that has the biggest following or has the most likes, um, but it's really about finding a partner that has influential um, reach that loves the cause that you are trying to um, to communicate on. And, and the reason why that is is because that is when the, the best or the most authentic message is communicated. We work a lot with um, uh, a couple nonprofits in the adoption space. And so we really look for people who have been positively affected by or have been a part of the adoption system and that can really authentically communicate um, you know, the impact that those nonprofits or those initiatives have done. And so you know, that's that's really how we focus on on building out these campaigns and what an influencer looks like to us. Um, and, you know, I think with any advertising medium, I mean, you see all the time, you know, there is brand risk when advertising um, on YouTube or on social media. Um, and so there's always, you know, brand risk. But, you know, there's definitely ways to mitigate that in terms of, like I said, finding authentic partners who are really committed to um, the cause or the initiative that um you're, you're working towards, um, but also doing some level of vetting across social media and kind of looking at past and historical um, posts just to make sure that, you know, the messaging isn't aligned with with what you would feel as a brand feel comfortable with with partnering with. Yeah, that's a fair point. And th- thanks for walking us through that, Nick. Mark, as, as we begin to kind of you know, wrap our minds around uh, this uh, concept, uh, we do a lot of benchmarking work in our practice. Uh, what are your thoughts here in terms of... Um, the, the 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 right way to kind of approach this from a benchmarking perspective. Yeah, I mean, we have an overriding philosophy here at, at JD Power that you know a good experience anywhere influences expectations area everywhere rather, and that's also true within the social space and the nonprofit space. If um, you as a uh, provider of these services out to the community and who are interfacing with uh, adherence to your brand or your cause, folks make the impression or have an impression of, you know, the level of engagement that the brand has based on their experience with other brands, right? So I think that this notion of really trying to understand what these uh, top performers do in the cases of benchmarking and understanding what good looks like is really important and uh, can help any entity, whether it be corporate or nonprofit, um, you know, isolate where they might need improvement uh, or really latch on to their strengths relative to other organizations using 
you know, these platforms to get their message out and to create action in the marketplace. Thanks, Mark. So as, as brands are thinking about social impact and running social impact campaigns to, to affect uh, or uh, mold uh, brand uh, perception, uh, I think one of the questions that comes up is uh, how do you measure it? Like, so so how, do you, how do you actually measure uh, and even perhaps benchmark the results of a social impact uh, campaign? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, the, the core, you know, function or, or our purpose for Kaleidoscope, I mean, our, we built a platform that supports the management, the measurement and the logistics of social impact. And so what that means is we've become really closely aligned with what we call double ROI, return on investment for a brand in terms of their marketing impact for their business, but also return on impact in terms of, you know, how much did their campaign or their initiatives actually influence or impact the downstream initiative or the downstream cause that they are aligned with. Now, that could be just a general cause like picking a, you know plastic out of the ocean, or it could be aligned with a, an actual nonprofit that is doing the great work that they're aligned with. But essentially, we believe that the best way to validate performance is really looking at those two pieces together holistically to really see, did my campaign really drive you know, awareness and engagement around my brand as well as the um, as well as the cause, but then also look to see, you know, did uh, interest in that cause or in that uh, organization increase? Did we drive traffic to that website? Did we drive petitions or signatures or did we drive funds to 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 that initiative as well? So we we really look at it holistically and figure out where the biggest um, lift is for the brand and the initiative. Okay, that, that makes sense. Uh, Mark, when we think about brand risk, I, I, typically we're looking at it from a kind of just the customer experience point of view. And, and I suppose you can, your, your brand can also be put, be put at risk if you're not delivering a great customer experience, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, you know, when, when we think about that, um, first and foremost, you absolutely do want to deliver a great customer experience. Um, it, it's fascinating. This is, you know, an aside around the social channel and how folks look at service and they do look at service differently. Um, it, it, just as a quick example to buoy your point, Mike, about providing a great level of service in all of our studies, timeliness of resolution in terms of resolving a problem that's instigated vis-a-vis the social media channel, that skews um, highest across all channels. Timeliness is the number one driver, but that is not the case inside the social media channel. In some cases, it's literally the last driver. It's the least important driver um, in customer care and in tech support. If you're trying to solve a problem via social media, it only comes up uh, it's still below the the middle, and so um, it, it's just fascinating, right? When you think about the different channels um, and mitigating risk, what, one of the easiest ways to do it is to deliver what customers want. And fascinatingly, they want concern skews highest on this channel in terms of service and support than any other channel that we measure. So it kind of goes along with what, you know, Nick is saying and the mission of his, you know, great uh, company is, you know, 
showing that concern, right? And then doing something about it. And so it's just a interesting phenomenon how all these channels have evolved and how social has evolved and it's relatively new compared to all the other channels, support channels. It's by far the newest and um, it has a different set of rules to it. So, um, but th- that's a key thing for risk mitigation is provide the customer what they want. And um, yeah, so, so, so uh, it's not enough just to say that you, uh, that your brand ha- ha- is, having a positive impact on the community. You also want to demonstrate that through the service you're delivering. Um, Nick, if, if, there, if there's a bank or an insurance company or utility out there that's asking the question, how can we test this methodology for measuring uh, the impact of social campaigns? Uh, or if they want to even want to dip their toe in the water in terms of using influencers to activate a social impact campaign, is there, is there kind of a... a um, a way to prototype this or just do a proof of concept? We always advise really first to just to start with the mission and really make sure that you understand the, um, the community or the, the cause that you're really trying to go after. And then almost back into um, support around those communities, around those initiatives. Um, and, and then essentially identify uh, marketing expectations around what you would hope to achieve um, and maybe what you would typically see from um, maybe something similar from a, a marketing campaign in a channel. Um, but then also really think through, um, you know, how you would want this to impact the, the cause or initiative that you're working with. And so really kind of building the, you know, the steps to aligning community, aligning marketing expectations, um, as well as, you know, building on, um, you know, some sort of hope around the actual impact and the change. And then you can start to, uh, refine that process and refine those benchmarks uh, as you begin to execute because it, you know each message is different each brand perception you know their starting point is different and each initiative um, that you're working in is different and so that's it's an interesting amalgamation of, of uh, dynamic uh, changes um, for, for each initiative and each cause but you sort of start from where you know best um, and, and sort of refine expectations as you begin to optimize and scale Okay, that's that's helpful. So, so Nick, last question. Just looking ahead, uh, how do you see the future of uh, social impact marketing uh, evolving over time, kind of compared to where we are today? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I'm probably a little biased because I've been, you know, I was an early MySpace guy just to date me. So I've been in social media for for a really long time. I was in one of I was Tom's top eight, right? Um, and, and I and I've been really involved in social media influencers for the last six and a half, almost seven years. And so, I think social influencers or the creator economy, I mean, arguably, uh, is one of, if not the most effective means to communicate a message. So I'm I'm pretty bullish on the just the overarching opportunity around how these creators are going to want to use their platform for social good, given that they they slot in the demographic that is most highly. Um, engaged in social impact. And so I think we're going to start to see a lot more engagement and involvement with the creator economy and, and, and creators in general. I mean, whether that be, um, you know, cre- leveraging or in- integrating these creators in some of these um, corporate social responsibility initiatives or um, social impact initiatives, and then using that content as an ad, uh, it could be straight ahead influencer marketing and really getting these influencers more aligned with um, a, a particular mission or a particular brand and cause, or it just might be, you know, coalition building and creating communities around these influencers that then 
um, you know, help proliferate or help um, generate massive awareness for a cause. But I, I believe that everything is really going to be centered around, um, you know, the advancement of the creator economy and, and leveraging social media and social influence to really drive home uh, a brand stance on, on various initiatives um, that are impacting, you know, the world. That's terrific. So Nick and Mark, thanks a lot for joining us today. Hey, you're welcome. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you so much. And we want to thank our listeners as well. You can learn more about J.D. Power on our website at jdpower.com business. And we'll see you next time.